Welcome to this episode of Kidney Research Conversations, a podcast about transforming care for Canadians with chronic kidney disease through patient-oriented research. Brought to you by the CanSolve CKD Network. This podcast series asks patients, researchers, healthcare providers, and policymakers to share their experiences with chronic kidney disease and patient-oriented research. I'm your host, Linnea Franson. Hi, Leah. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited that you're here today. Um, it's actually the inaugural episode mm-hmm. of our podcast series. No pressure. Um, and we're actually welcoming the incredible and inspiring Leah Getchell. She is the Cancel CKD Patient Partnerships and Training Lead, mm-hmm. and she's based in London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. But today we are in beautiful Vancouver. BC, Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia, which is actually our network headquarters. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Cancel CKD network and um, what we do here, mm-hmm. what we're about, mm-hmm. and patients what patient-oriented research really is all about. So, Leah, when you talk about your job and the work that you do, how would you describe the CanSolve Network and your role on the team? Hmm, Good question. So I get to help patients, and when I say patients, I mean patients, family members, informal caregivers, donors. I get to help patients tell their story to enhance the research. Um, It's a new way of doing health research in Canada. Um, It's called patient-oriented research. And um, our network is one of five chronic disease networks that was funded through the strategy of patient-oriented research um, in 2016. We have 18 research projects. We've got patient partners. Um, on each of those patient, uh, each of those projects, and they are um, integrated into the research team as full patient partners, and I support that work. And you're awesome at it. And I'm what? You're awesome at it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does meaningful patient engagement look like to you? Hmm. I think it absolutely um, boils down to respect and trust and um, valuing the experiential knowledge, the lived experience that our patient partners are bringing to the table. Um, And building that trust is essential and key. And I often, um, I think I've gotten a bit of a reputation in the network of being the lady with the corny fun facts (laughs) and icebreakers, but it's done with a purpose because when we can relate to one another um, without credentials, without um, pretense, it allows us to really dig deep and build true authentic relationships and then Mm -hmm. the work therefore will be richer for it. So Mm -hmm. the fun facts play a purpose, people. Icebreakers. Icebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> but as the, the patient partnerships and training lead, how would you um, 
ensure equity and diversity in the patient engagement practices within the network? Uh, big question, Linnea. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my eyes bulged out of my head there. Um, Okay, so that's a really good question. It's not uh, an easy one to answer, nor is it easy to implement into practice. I think um, we need to always look at who's at the table, but perhaps even more so who's not at the table and figure out um, how to bring them there. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly um, when we were building our patient council now called the patient governance circle we were looking for a variety of lived experiences with kidney disease so my mom had chronic kidney disease I actually started in the network as a patient partner mm-hmm. um, so family members people with kidney disease sort of pre-dialysis uh, early stages of chronic kidney disease people who have who are currently on dialysis, different modalities of dialysis, post-transplant, and donors, of course. So we were also trying to make sure that we had um, representation as best we could from across the country, Mm -hmm. rural, remote, urban, and uh, absolutely sort of central also to the Council of CKD network is the engagement of our Indigenous uh, um, patient partners um, because we know that the uh, indigenous communities are so um, at, at, at much, much higher risk um, for chronic kidney disease. So it was absolutely essential that we um, really focus in on uh, making sure that those voices are around the table as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, is there is there always work to do in this area? Absolutely. So I think, um, you know, being constantly reflecting and looking around at whose voices we need to include and always um, working to, to make sure that we're yeah. creating an environment where we can bring those those other voices to the table. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tough question because it sounds like there's no precise formula for how patient-oriented research is really done. I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to mm-hmm. change over time. It's, I mean, it's absolutely changed over time and it will continue to evolve because we're... Um, we often like to say in the network, it, we're building the plane as we're flying it. So uh, that's not always easy to do. Um, yeah, and there's it's not formulaic because um, what good human relationship and team dynamics and team composition is formulaic. Um, you know, that's what we're really talking about here is r- really supporting and creating multidisciplinary teams in health research and, mm-hmm. and patient partners are are the folks that I help support. So big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could give our listeners one piece of advice um, regarding engaging patient partners in research, what would that be? Um, one piece of advice would be slow down and take the time to get to know the people around the table, not just um, what their connection is with kidney disease, but who they are as people and what other skills and experiences um, they're bringing. Because um, so many of our patient partners are bringing a wealth of, uh, you know, both professional uh, and life experience in addition to their um, lived experience with kidney disease. So just really slow down and take the time to build those relationships from the very beginning. And uh, there will be no stopping from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Mm-hmm. It's fun fact time. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what is your fun fact for our podcast today? I feel like so many people, well, certainly folks in the network who are listening probably have heard all my fun facts before, but uh, hopefully we'll, lots of new folks listening in. Uh, the one that's currently on my um, brain is that... Leah is the fun fact queen. I am the fun fact queen. <laughs> um, I was a seat filler at the Junos in uh, this year, 2019. Did you not know that? I did not know that. Oh, look at your eyes. Yeah. I always learn I was, something new. I was a seat filler. And then because I was on the like list, I got a call, you know, an email uh, a few weeks later to go and be a seat filler at the Canadian Screen Awards in Toronto. Oh, my God. So when I... When is that happening? So it's already happened. Okay. So this was all like, this was in like an award. I'm actually like, it'd be interesting to see this award season, how many opportunities I get. It just, I, I lucked out because the Junos were in London this year. Right. Right. Okay, so that right. was simple. Um, and Toronto's two hours away. So when I got that opportunity, but that, I mean, I had more star struck experiences at the Screen Awards. I was sitting in front of Jan Arden oh and behind God. the cast of Schitt's Creek. And I was so lucky because usually as a seat filler, you have to get up and down all the time to fill seats. So it always looks right. full when the, right. everyone else is up getting the rewards. So you're typically in pretty good seats, but you're always up and down. But I literally was like 10 rows back, center stage, and I didn't have to move the entire night. It was amazing. Did you get any autographs? No, because that's like rule number one as a seat filler. Gotcha. You don't talk to anybody. Fair enough. You sit there, you look pretty, you get to put on a pretty outfit, um, but you definitely get to rub out those. Very cool. Fun fact. That's very fun. It's a thing. In the States, you can get paid as a seat filler, apparently, for the big, big award shows. So we volunteer at the Juggernauts here, Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unreal. What's your fun fact? Give us one. Well, I was going to say that... Leah and I did Kidney March together. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're plugging Kidney March in our podcast. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience. Mm. And I think we really bonded. Mm-hmm. How long was the time. walk? It was 100 kilometers, as you know. Yeah. No Pretty small intense. Three days. Can and ask us to Calgary? It seems intense when you're there. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, you it feels like walking... You know, you can do that in your sleep. But mm. when you're actually walking 100 kilometers, it takes on an, a totally different feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I feel like I could walk 100 kilometers in my sleep. <laughs> it was fun to talk to folks about where their research dollars are going. Mm-hmm. Really, like to share mm-hmm. that, you know, this is, it's kind of full cycle. Well, thank you for being here, Leah. It's always great to talk to you. Well, congratulations to you for this amazing idea. I think well, it's thanks. I think it's super cool. We're continuing to inu- innovate, right, as a network, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, super excited. Check out cancelofckd.ca, kidneylink.ca, kidneylink.ca. Stay tuned for kidneypro.ca. All of those episodes to come, yeah, where we will be unpacking those amazing mm. online platforms that we're building. Cool. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Leah.